it in there, Gracie. You go, Good job. We're starting a new series this morning. Uh, Dean Martin Lloyd-Jones was a loved man and preacher of God for another generation. And he said, the whole gospel can be summed up in two powerful words. But God. No matter what we face, no matter the load that we may feel is crushing us, is but God. As a matter of fact, uh, some 45 times in the Bible, we find those words together, but God, and they are followed by radical change in people's lives. And so, with that said, this morning we're going to look at a passage in Acts chapter 13. And I'll ask you to turn there as I read from our text. Uh, the focal verse is 1330, so you stand in God's honor as I read. I'm going to actually start at verse 29. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. Let's pray. God, we bow to you. Lord, we all have our stuff. But God, it's not for you. We worship you, Lord God. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for already speaking to us. And we ask, oh God, that you would continue to keep our eyes, ears, and minds open. That you may continue to speak because we need you. Lord, make yourself known to us. Otherwise, we're just going to be dumb. Speak. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It says in uh, Proverbs seventeen seventeen that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. You know, we're either coming out of a storm, about to go into a storm, or in the midst of a storm. Storms are a part of life for all of us. And, and I don't know what the difficulty is that you may be facing the storm now that is fresh to you. But I will say, God is there. But God. I, I think of, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writing the Corinthians, and, and he's just laying his heart out, man. He He's sharing about his difficulty. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 1, 9. He says, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Man, have you ever just felt so hard heavy that it's like, this is killing me, Lord. I'm not going to make it. It's crushing the life out of me. I, I don't know what to do. He said, Indeed, we felt we'd receive the sentence of death. And then he says, but God did this so that we might not rely on ourselves. But on God who raises the dead. Man, isn't that powerful? But God, what did he do? He, 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 he says, I feel like I'm dying. And then he says, but I understand God is doing this. Because he's trying to weed me out of me. 
He wants me to trust not in myself, but on the one who raises the dead. Think about the incredible power. You see, the focus this morning is you think, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I think this is over for me. And then there is the reminder, but God, there is the resurrection and the power of that resurrection. And let's just be honest about it. Man. If God can raise the dead, how big is my stuff? I, I love it in, in verse 30. But God, but God raised him from the dead. Let's go back a, a couple of verses here, starting at verse 26 of our text. And, and by the way, th this is the first full and complete sermon recorded of the Apostle Paul here. And uh, Starting at verse 26, it says, Brothers, children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus was laid in the grave, and it seemed like utter hopelessness. But then there's the great interruption, which is the resurrection. Guys, no matter where we are, there is always that incredible hope. As a matter of fact, for us, it does look hopeless. I think of Mark 10, 27, where we hear the words of Jesus. He says, hey, for man, this is impossible. You're right, man. It's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And as we look at Paul's sermon here, this first recorded sermon, first thing is, God's got a message for you. God not only has spoken, he still speaks. And whatever this crushing circumstance may be, God wants to speak to you. I do not believe that any of us are here by accident. I think God structures us for an appointment because he wants to get our attention. As a matter of fact, as you look through the scripture, you see in Psalm 19, 1, that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so when we look out through creation, and the beauty and the majesty of all creation, it's clear God, he's, man, he's spoken and he still speaks to us. As sometimes we gasp as we look at something that is just like, man, this did not happen by accident. There has to be a master designer and creator that put this here. This is unbelievable. And he's not only spoken through creation, it says in Hebrews 1 verse 3 that he's spoken through his prophets. People that he appeared to and his voice became clear and his words were passed on to the people because God met with these, these prophets. But why? Because he has a message. He loves people. He, he not only loves his creation, he loves us. And so he spoke to people because he wanted them to know that he's there and, and that he has something very important that they needed to hear. And, and guess what? It's still true today. God still wants to speak to us. The problem is, though, it's like we're stuck in this box of time and space. And, uh, you know, everything's about science and 
and the natural, but, but you can't prove the supernatural merely through the natural. There, there's no way to connect to the supernatural because we're bound by being in this type of box and we can't get out of this box. And every time a person tries to get out of the box to understand the supernatural, they make a religion. And that's what we you know, call a religion. It's man trying to understand the supernatural by himself. But see, here's the issue, guys. The message is, you're in this box. You can't get out of the box to understand what's outside of the box. So do you know what has to happen? Somebody outside the box, the supernatural one, has to climb in the box. And that's what Jesus has done. He has climbed into our world because we can't meet him in his world because we're in a limited place and we have a limited understanding. And the message is God has shown up. God has appeared. He has revealed himself to us. He spoke to Moses in a burning bush. He spoke in a lightning storm at Mount Sinai. He spoke in a still, small voice to Elijah in a cave. He spoke to his prophets, and he still speaks to us regardless of our mess. And he loves each of us with all of his love. You know, as a parent, I've got four kids, and I always tell you the question, which of your kids do you love the most? And of course, as a parent, you know, the answer is that, man, I love all of my kids with all of my heart. For me to be able to just say, okay, I love this kid the most and these others. No, my love is complete to all of them. But if I had to specifically answer which kid do I love the most, I would say the one that needs me now. Why? Because in the moment that that particular child has need of my help, that's where my attention goes. That's where my focus is drawn. And here's the deal. God loves all of us. But he knows when you're hurting. And his attention whoop, zeroes in on you as a hurting child. And he has a message for you. That he loves you and that he cares for you. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, God loves each of us as if there was only one of us to love. That is the depth of his incredible love and his message to us. And he did this by sending a messenger of that message. Uh, look at verse 27. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every, every Sabbath. So as you look here, Paul moved from an it to a him. He moved from just a message of words to the message or a person. You see, the message is a person, the person of Christ. As Timothy Keller says, we don't have an airtight idea we have an airtight person in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can ultimately trust. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to understand God? Look at Christ. Jesus said, when you look at me, you are seeing the Father. I am the Father. We are one. That's how God speaks. 
in John 5, 39 and 40, he tells the religious teachers who, well, really, they got too full of themselves and thought that all the attention should come their way instead of the living God. And he just looked at them and he said, you study the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. In other words, if you were really looking in here and really seriously seeking the Lord God, you would be led to me. These scriptures have always been pointing directly to me. The way out of that box you are stuck in comes only by me climbing into the box with you. There has to be a connection. There has to be a relationship. Because looking at me is looking at the Father. He told Philip that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you see Jesus, you see God. I know God's He's so vast. He's, he's so big. He's so beyond us. He says in Isaiah 55, 7, He, he says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my, my thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts. He tells us people that, and yet, he has come down to our level. He got in the box with us. He, he didn't want to stay distant from us. He wanted to come near us. And, and man, what a powerful thought that the God is so beyond us has come near us to know us that we may know him. A relationship. Uh, Atticus, my grandson, and my son Nathan are big buddies. And uh, the oh, a couple of weeks ago, we were at the house, and sometimes they get a little rough. And man, Atticus was, he's just being a boy, but whew. next thing I know, I turn, and Atticus, whap, punches my son Nathan in the face. And, and Nathan turns and whap, whacks him in the stomach hard. And so, Atticus starts crying. He stands up. He goes, I can't believe he did that. Nathan said, dude, you hit me in the face. He said, yeah, but I'm just a little kid. And you're an adult. And you hit a lot harder than I do. So I just, you know, I tried to calm the emotions down. You know, said, God, you know. And then just a couple of minutes later, you know what happened? Nathan got down in the floor at Atticus's level, and suddenly there was that reconnection. And they were together again. What happened? The bigger guy, who seemed so tough and so much stronger and, and threatening, got down to the level of the little guy, and it changed Everything but God. The power of the living God who has chosen to come down to our level. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent a messenger to us. And he knows the mischief. He knows the mischief in us, guys. Uh, our text goes on, verse 28. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and they laid him 
in a tomb. This was God's son. Without sin. The Messiah, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves or Yahweh is my salvation. That that is Jesus. And yet he ended up on a cross. He, He ended up rejected. The one who is the light of the world ended up in a place of of darkness, of separation from God on a cross, all for our sake. The brightness of the Son of God caused those guys to need sunglasses. They, They cannot stand the glory of God. And what happens to sinners in the presence of the glory of God? They don't want to look at it. They, they want to look away. They, they want to turn away. John 3, 19 and 20 says it this way. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. What happened? They really saw Jesus. And it scared them. And they didn't want to be exposed. You see, before you can be made clean, you've got to see the dirt. And, and that was the problem. You know, as you go through the scriptures, see all kinds of examples how Jesus was misunderstood. And even today, many people, when you mention Jesus, they don't clearly see Jesus. Uh, here's just some examples. In John chapter 7, he's called a good man. Others called him a deceiver. In Matthew 16, he was called John the Baptist. Uh, others called him Elijah, some Jeremiah, and others one of the other prophets. In John chapter 6, they saw him as king because he gave him a free lunch, and they thought, man, free food every day. We've got to make him king. We've got to follow him. In John chapter 10, he was called a demon. In Luke chapter 23, he was called a tax evader. <laughs> and in Mark 3.21, even his own family said, he's out of his mind. He's crazy. And the question is, who is Jesus to you? Who is he? Who is he to you? Do you know him personally? Some say, okay, preacher, now you know. Kind of getting a little too, you're meddling, you know, getting a little too personal. And what are you, preacher? One of those fanatics that raise their hands and get all happy and yell Jesus and get all emotional. Well, I'd like to see you at your favorite sporting event or maybe at your favorite concert to see your favorite band or musician. I'm sure that you're like, oh, this is so much fun. I am so glad that I am here. Will somebody please fake popcorn for me? Are you kidding me? No, man, there's passion. And when we really see Jesus and that he came to save us from our sins, and when we understand that he loves all of his children and he's looking to the one who is hurting, which is every sinner, and when he firsthand comes and meets personally me as a sinner, then there is a chance for change. There is a chance for a transformation to occur. See, Jesus died, but God, there was a resurrection, and he still wants to resurrect people. Listen, this is Hebrews 2.14 in the Today's Living Bible. 
Since we, God's children, are human beings made of flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood too by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and in dying break the power of the devil who had the power of death. He got in our box. He limited himself by taking on human form. And by dying, by going through what all of us dread and, and fear in, in death, he broke the power, the hold the devil had upon death. And he brought victory, which is available to all of us. I love Acts 4.12, it says salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved. His name, the one who saves, the one who is the God of my salvation, the hope, no matter how desperate I am, but God, he, he stepped in to provide. And that's my last point. God works a miracle. Man, I, I love it. Uh, our text, that, that our, uh, verse 30 and 31, God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They're now his witnesses to our people. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem who were witnesses to the people. The chief priest didn't have the last word. Pontius Pilate didn't have the last word. The fickle crowd didn't have the last word. God had the last word. And can you imagine what that must have been like for many days? Jesus, he rose from the grave, but he didn't make a quick exit. He didn't show up for five minutes and say, okay, guys, I, I made it back from the dead. I'm gone. No, for many days he was there. And he was walking around, and people got to talk to him, and people got to hang out with him. And those people were personal witnesses. How do you think in the world Christianity really spread? It was more than just the power of, of preachers and evangelists and, and, and those type of meetings. They walked with Christ. They saw Christ. And, and the, the beauty of the resurrection, that was passed on. And it really happened. That's why Christianity has survived. He really did rise from the grave. And there were witnesses that walked with him and that were with him for many days. And we have had a, a change of heart if we are in Christ where we have caught a glimpse of the one who was raised from the dead. And it's changed everything but God. And quite honestly, those of us in the faith, we just need to constantly be reminded because we just so quickly forget who we have. The God of salvation risen. Ephesians 2, I love this translation. It says, once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live just like the rest of this world, full of sin, obeying Satan. Used to live. Is that your old story? Is it your now story? God wants to make it your old story and give you a new story, which is his story. The power of Christ. But God, who raises the dead, even those of us dead in our sins, to new life in Christ. All of us, we've gone the wrong direction, but he turns us back once dead in sin, now alive. As the songwriter said, I once was lost, but now I'm found. 
was blind, but now I see. Do you see? Let's pray. God, I thank you for another chance to gather, Lord. And man, we're a fickle bunch. I know I am. God, help me see. Give me faith. Give, give me that salvation experience again. I mean, I know I'm already saved, but not to be saved again. I mean to feel it again. So, God, meet us here, Lord. What do you want to do this morning at an altar where we can come and pray or an opportunity to share with one another? But, Father, we just need you, so speak to us, Lord. Um, we've got our stuff. Uh, I love Psalm 68, 19. Praise be to God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. You, you daily bear them. And, Lord, you're big enough to carry them. And, Father, may we bring them to you this morning. And, Father, just work. In Christ's name we pray.